Grace, mercy and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence with us today. Speak to us through your word and sanctify us with your truth. For this, your word is truth. In Jesus' name, Amen. So my hands started to sweat. My palms were sweating. My heart pounded in anxiety. My head started spinning. No, I'm not talking about a relationship or a girl. And even though it sounds exactly like my uh, reaction to watching AFL on TV, I'm not talking about sports either. The occasion that brought about this reaction in me was separation. I was about six years old and happily wandering through the aisles of stuff at Coles. I think it was called New World back then when I was about six years old and I was wandering through there with my mum. And in my zeal to get to the action figure aisle and feast my eyes on six-year-old wonders like Transformers and Batman figurines, which were popular when I was a kid, I'd unknowingly, I'd wandered off from my mum who was looking at something far less interesting, I think somewhere in the cauliflower aisle or something like that. Do you know that feeling in your heart when you breathe in and you know something just isn't right? Do you know that feeling? Well, in that moment I spun around and I realised that I was alone in a huge shopping centre with all kinds of strange people whizzing by me with their shopping trolleys. And in my six-year-old head, I just assumed Mum was just as interested in Transformers and Batman figurines as I was. I thought she must have followed me. Now I found myself alone and helpless and not just a little bit worried either. Now Mum, she was looking for me. And I was looking for mum, so we were both going past each other. We weren't finding each other and that, that knot in my stomach was building. And so I did what a six-year-old kid does. I looked for the exit of Cole's new world because I thought she must have left the supermarket without me and so I headed out into the big shopping centre thinking I've got to go and find her. And yeah, there was panic going on in this six-year-old's heart. And people stop me because I'm crying out, Mum, 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 where are you? And other ladies, other you know, lovely women were bending down saying, Son, you know, have you lost your mum? But I didn't care what they were talking to me about. They weren't mum and I was still, Mum, Mum, where are you? Thankfully, Mum found me. And when she saw me, she came running to me and she wrapped her arms around me and I felt this huge wave of relief come over me. I was comforted to know that I wasn't alone and I hadn't been left by myself and she'd done her shopping and headed off home and forgotten all about me. And so moving on quickly, I tried to get mum back to the toy aisle but that didn't happen, as I recall. To be alone, to be abandoned, is an experience that most people dread. They dread it. For instance, in many prison systems, solitary confinement is considered the harshest punishment of all. Why? Because humans can't stand to be alone for long periods of time. Now, in a list of life stresses, 
Do you know which one's at the top or near the top every time? Even ahead of paying taxes. What do you think it might be? It's the death of a spouse. And I know some of you will have dealt with that. To feel a sudden sense of abandonment, to feel suddenly alone, it's a very hard form of suffering to handle. To be abandoned and alone is not pleasant. We know it. We feel that. The same way the disciples knew it. They felt it. Questions like, why did Jesus leave us? How could he leave us? How could he do this to us? They're the questions that would have been rolling around in the disciples' minds. That is, until that moment Jesus appeared where he came and he wrapped his arms around the disciples in their grief with the words, peace be with you. Put your finger here, see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. The disciples were going through separation anxiety. Just days before they watched their Saviour die a most horrible and gruesome death. Then that first Easter morning they heard the news, He's risen, He's risen indeed. Yet the disciples had forgotten Jesus' own words that His whole purpose His whole purpose for becoming one of us was to step into our place and to suffer punishment for every sin, every mistake, every failure we ever committed. Jesus was stepping into our place and he was being forsaken by God for all the times we've forsaken him. Consider how incredible that is. It's incredible. Jesus allowed himself to suffer hell to be separated from God the Father for people who so often try to separate themselves from Him. People like you and people like me. Stop and think about it. Are we always so eager to walk with our Saviour step by step throughout our lives? Or are there ever times when we prefer just a little bit of distance, a bit of space, Do we always feel comfortable, uh, particularly when we're at the movies or watching TV now and the things that come on TV, we think, oh, I really shouldn't be watching this. What would God think if he was watching this with me? What would God think hearing each word we have to say to each other or more specifically, each word we say about one another? What would God think seeing each thought and every desire that we have? Or is it more appealing to just separate yourself from him during some of those times and some of those situations? Just keep him at arm's arm's length. Are there ever times when we just don't seem to find the time for the God stuff? Because when we're honest about it, we have to admit that we have a sinful nature that so often wants to separate from Jesus a sinful nature that wants what it wants and doesn't really care what God wants or what anyone thinks about it for that matter. A sinful nature that wants to do its own thing and to fulfil its own desires. And what should the consequence be of that sinful separation from our Saviour? It's an awful reality, friends. It's awful. It should be an eternity of separation from God. That should be the consequence. 
And so let's just rewind just for one second and hear those words from Jesus on Good Friday one more time. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Those words are so amazing. They're so powerful. Jesus was forsaken for you and me. Jesus suffered hell for you and me. Separation from God. You know what that means? It means that we'll never be forsaken. It means that we won't experience hell. It means that we won't be separated from our God. We don't have to suffer through separation anxiety, that terrible realisation and feeling like a lost kid in a supermarket, that things aren't right and we're all alone and by ourselves and isolated. Why? Because Jesus suffered that punishment for you and in your place. And before that, he lived a perfect life in your place, never, ever separating himself from the will of his Father and your Heavenly Father. And then after he died on the cross, he rose again, guaranteeing us that our sins are forgiven, guaranteeing that our appearance has changed, that we now look like him, having been joined to him in baptism and faith, remembering we always hold baptism and faith together. And so it's true. When God the Father looks at you and me, he sees Jesus. He sees Jesus' perfect life, Jesus' death and resurrection in our place. So what does that make you look like? What does that make me look like? Like Jesus, perfect. Not any righteousness of our own, but the righteousness that we receive from Christ. So, my perfected friends, united with Jesus, if Jesus suffered hell and separation for you, is there anything at all that he won't do for you? If he suffered being forsaken by his heavenly Father for you, is there any time he'll walk away from loving you? Any time that he will separate from you, even though sometimes we walk away from him? Is there any time that you'll be alone? No, the answer is no and a resounding no. He lived a perfect life for you that you may live forever with him. He died and was forsaken on the cross for you that you will never be alone. He rose from the dead to assure you that this is true. He came running after you like a parent, searching out a helpless and lost child and he embraced you in his arms. In your life, he united you with himself and all believers by working faith in your heart. He did that. We didn't do it. He did it. He united you with himself in baptism. He unites him, he, he unites himself with you today as we gather around the altar and receive the Lord's Supper. And he continues to unite himself with you as you open up the word and spend time with him. Please do that. He continues to call us to repentance, to forgive our sins like we heard in the Gospel today and to promise that he will never ever leave you. And do you know what can change that? Do you know what can make him forsake you? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Think about it. Can sin separate you from his love? No. He paid for your sin and now God sees his perfect life in your place. Can any trouble or hardship or persecution 
separate you from his love? No. He promises to be with you always and to work out everything on this earth for your eternal good. Can death or life separate you from his love? No, Jesus conquered death. He lives forever and promises that you will live for him, with him forever as well. Can angels or demons separate you from his love? No, Jesus is the one who drove out demons and the one whom angels bowed down to. How about the present or the future? No, he's been around from eternity known what's going to happen each day of your life from eternity and will reign over all things for eternity. Okay, well how about height or depth? Can they separate us from his love? No, God is everywhere. He's God, he's all powerful and he loves you more than you could ever possibly fathom in our human brains and minds. And because of that, nothing, Nothing, nothing can separate you from the love of God which is yours in Christ Jesus. And look at what that means for your life. When you've got no money in the bank, when the economy is down, when the world is in disarray, He still loves you, He's still with you. When you sin and when you hang your head in shame, He's still with you, He still loves you. When you lose those you love, he's still with you. He still loves you. When you experience pain, when you experience loneliness or sickness or death, he's still with you. He still loves you. When you experience happiness, contentment, success and joy, he's still with you. He still loves you. In every single moment of your life, he is still love, he's still with you and he always loves you. Friends, you are never, ever alone. Never alone. And because of that, he's going to give you a very sweet, a sweet separation. One day he'll take you out of the suffering and sin and separation of this life and unite you with every believer of every time and age in the paradise of heaven. That's a separation to look forward to. And that's a separation that is yours. How can you be sure of that? Look again at the cross. Look again at the cross. Travel again to the upper room where the disciples have locked themselves in fear. Touch his nail-pierced hands and put your hand into his side and listen to Jesus' words. Words for you. Peace be with you. Amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep our hearts and our minds safe in Christ Jesus, our resurrected Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.